Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Xavier Rosen. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio back and back in the booth. And this is the Anthony Davis edition of the show. I'm hoping a couple others jump out with us so we can get a whole big gathering, but I got Elijah with me. That may be all I need. What up, man? I'm, I'm, we haven't done this in a long time, dude. No, it's been, it's, it has been quite some time. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we're able to finally link up and get together and do a show and talk about some Anthony Davis to LA Lakers. Oh, oh, oh. I, you know, and, and this is, this, this I'll say right off the bat guys is something that I was dying to do for the simple fact, obviously, as he said, the Lakers, that's my team. That's what I want to do. The NBA we've seen prospers and is better when the Lakers are a team that's winning. You know, it's good for ratings, although, you know, nothing against what Golden State's doing right now. They're, they're, breaking records with some of these numbers but you know it's it's it, there's certain things with it and the fact if you could put two super teams in the west to make the west even crazier together i think just gives you more entertaining basketball there's so much to get into right off the bat there's this heater behind me in this hampton inn hotel in rochester and because it's it says on my phone, it feels like negative 58 degrees. This thing is going to keep going off. So if you guys hear this thing, I apologize. But I turned the heat off in the room and put on a hoodie so to just deal with the cold, to not have this. So if you guys hear this, I can't even control this. It's just so cold out and just running. So I apologize right off the bat. <laughs> uh, man, I'm telling you, this is, it, there's so much good going on right now. It's it's going to be nice and exciting, you know. Um, kind of kind of give me your thoughts, Elijah. As we step into this year, going into this season, we knew the Pelicans were in a situation where after this season, they could offer five years, two forty to AD. If he didn't take it, he'd probably have to move them. How did you think going into as we were entering Halloween and? or middle of October when the start of the season was, I think the 14th or 16th, this would play out getting into the All-Star break. Is this how you saw it go? Or did you think that nothing would be said and we wouldn't have any talk until the off season? I didn't think it would happen this early in the season. I I thought it would be more of an off-season type of thing. But, I mean, major solid to Anthony Davis, you know, for letting the Pelicans know right away instead of kind of stringing them along that, hey, I'm not resigning with you guys, so I'm just giving you a heads up. So I I didn't expect it to play like that, though, because, I mean, yeah, he wants to win, but he's turning down. He's going to be, you know, a lot of – he's going to be probably missing out on a lot of money from the Pelicans, but, you know, I'll, it's just it's kind of crazy to me. That's coming up now. 
You know, thinking about that, and I think that's a good good point to kind of lead in right off the bat with. Obviously, he tells um, he told Gail Gail Benson, the owner of the, the Pelicans, had said, if he doesn't want to stay here, let's trade him and be done with it, and not get get nothing for him. Uh, it comes out. Obviously, this dropped yesterday. Um, was was when we heard about it Monday, and apparently on Friday was when. Um, Rich Paul told Dale Demps, the GM of the, the Pelicans, that this was going to happen. They were going to move on. Um, did my headset just die? Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. I thought my headset died because I got my Xbox one on that I have to charge. I thought it just it went, and I was like, oh, no, it died. Um, that, that he wasn't going to recite. And Rich Paul made it very clear that, you know, he, he respects you guys to the point that he wants you to get something for him and to not just leave. He doesn't want to cause a problem. It's not the kind of guy he is. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. We know this about AD, but we want to let you know. They said, well, we have to talk to the owners before we can do anything with you. It's Friday. Gail Benson's not here. We have to wait until Monday. Over the course of the weekend, it sounds like somehow somebody leaked it to Woj, that's how Woj reported it Monday morning. Um, I guess this was intended to not even leak yet. Uh, as we saw the later in Monday, Dale Demps did a statement at a press conference about the AD thing. Now it's kind of up in the air, and now it's out in the open. Obviously, there's a lot of pieces and a lot of ways that can go about it. Um, Anthony Davis is... You know, an incredible talent. We haven't seen anything like this, uh, you know, hit the market. Somebody in his age range that you could argue hasn't even peaked or hit his prime yet is is going to be traded. Um, I, I think this is something that you really need to really realize because when have we ever seen something like this? I mean, I, if you really think about it, the last guy who I, I think you could argue has ever really gotten traded in this was, I mean, am, am I wrong when I say Kareem? I mean, he came in the league in 69 and he got drafted or traded in 75, you know, so he had only played six years with Milwaukee. He ended up playing 14 with the, excuse me, with the Lakers. Is this the last yeah. guy that really, is there anyone that, that you could really think that is a bigger person that could be traded in the history of the league at this point in their career than Anthony Davis? I mean, Kobe, obviously, I've, what's that? I was going to say Kobe Bryant. And, and to he be was, fair, though, he was, when, he when was, really, clo- he was a, really close to be, he was really close to being traded. Yeah, yeah, like, but he waived that trade because Detroit was going to give, like, their whole core to get him, and he's like, that's why I wanted to go there. Yeah, but, so I, I thought but you were what, just meaning, like, players that, like, mm-hmm. were, like, you I know, about, like, not necessarily, like, that they got traded, but players that, you know, either hit free, free agency or, like, almost got traded, like, as good as, you know, Davis or whatever, so... Or, like, in their prime, I guess. And, uh, obviously, uh, Elijah's just got the real MVP for the week by mentioning Kobe Bryant as the, the answer to that. So, obviously, you get bonus points from me, baby. But, uh, like, if you look at the actual trades, like, 
yes, the Kawhi Leonard thing was a big trade, but it was a one-year deal. It was for DeMar DeRozan. I know he's not doing the, you know, the, the most outlandish thing in San Antonio, but even so, this was somebody who's been in the league for longer than AD has done. Um, you know, you look at the Shaq trade, either of them, it still was later in their career after they've already made a title mm-hmm. run. You look at Dwight Howard off the Magic trade. It, you know, he didn't do anything when he left because he was he had maybe beat himself up enough in Orlando where he was never going to be that superstar again. We don't know. You know maybe he's just a yeah. pussy couldn't handle Kobe. But there's so many of these. Even Charles Barkley was later in his career, if you want to look at it. But Kareem got traded six years into his career to the Lakers and played twice as long there. AD yeah. is still in, what, seventh year, I think, sixth, seventh season? Yeah, he's, he's getting right in that stratosphere. Yeah, I mean, it, it is uh, it is unheard of, and it is, like, I don't know, a franchise player of the caliber of Anthony Davis is, that's about to be traded when you could sign a big contract is, or like going into free agency or whatever is pretty uh, it's pretty noteworthy. Even even our guy Kevin Garnett wasn't you know, he was coming off of the prime or goal you know, he was coming down per se. Like he was still amazing, but he was it wasn't the M V P style K G, you know, big ticket Kevin no. Garnett. Yeah. This is like it, this blows my mind, and um, uh, I can't remember his name. Justin Termini, I think his name is on NBA Radio on SiriusXM. He brought up a good point when you talk about Anthony Davis and the trajectory he has, and the way he continues to improve. You could argue that he is going to end up being a top fifteen player all time. You yeah. really could argue that. The only other player in their prime like that, like I said, is 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 Kareem that ever got moved like that. And this is where the fun comes into it because there's so many moving pieces and there's so many things that could come from this, but there's certain people who say you can't do too much. You can't give away everything for them, but you got to give away this and you got to get away from that. You know, blah, 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 things like that. And that's where I want to move into is I want to talk these, the, the, the rumored trades, I want to get your opinion on things. As as a Lakers fan, I have an argument why I think it will get to this part, but why I think the Lakers have a have a probably seventy five percent chance that they're going to pull this off before February seventh in the trade deadline, which not a lot of people may agree with me on, but I got reasons why I think it's going to happen, and we'll get into that. But but you know, bringing up the Kareem thing, I pulled this up. When everybody talks about, you know, well, you can't give away the farm. We saw what happened with Minnesota and Boston. We'll use that as an easy example. Boston gave up five players for Kevin Garnett, and who won that trade? <laughs> don't even talk about I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> the Timberwolves, because we got Sebastian Telfair. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I had to throw that out there. But Boston did, hands down. Can you tell me the four players that were traded for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No. 
Could you tell me one of the players? Uh, let's see here. Jerry West? No, not Jerry no. West. Uh, West. No, no, not Jerry West. Uh, West Unsell? I don't know. <laughs> the don't Milwaukee know. Bucks for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got center. Oscar Robinson. Elmore Smith. <laughs> Elmore Smith. Brian Winters. Dave Myers. And Junior Bridgman. Mm. So, once again, a four-player for one deal. <laughs> Who got the better deal? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And so, and with with as diehard as I am for this Lakers young core, and as much as I hear from everybody, one person tells me you can't lose Lonzo. You know, we just talked in the pre pre setup. You can't lose Kuzma. Like, all these guys have that value. But when it's all said and done. Who's to say anybody that gets traded in this deal for Anthony Davis when he moves? Are we, who's to say we don't get the same thing again? Where yeah. the Pelicans get a hall of players and it's just like, all right, you got a bunch of guys. But AD went out there. And I think the perfect example with this is, and, and I know sometimes we may disagree on this and, you know, we'll see what page we're on today because we always go back and forth on some of these things. I, I've I've always said that I think Kevin Garnett may be the greatest number two type player to ever play in the NBA, better than Scottie Pippen, better than any of those guys, because he 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 could never get the mid market team fully there. But when you put him with you put him with somebody, he dominated, went to two finals and won one. Is that fair or is that not fair to KG? Uh, I think it's sort of fair to KG, but I also think, you know, he didn't have – he had some pretty crap-tastic teams around. <laughs> yeah, and, he did. And, I mean, and, 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 and you know, like everyone always, says, fact, mm-hmm. everyone always says Scotty's like, you know, a good number two, but – and I'm not saying he was a number one, but Jordan wasn't – wasn't winning anything until Scottie Pippen got there. Like Agreed. everybody, Agreed. everybody needs, everybody needs, you know, one or two like other elite players by themselves to like really get anything done. So hundred percent. And that's a great way to put it. And that, that's and like, I don't, don't want to do it in a way to dog him. Mm-hmm. Listen to this though. Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins is already Minnesota's number two, number two scorer all time. Like put that into per, perspective. Like yeah, um, about yeah, the he's revolving had doors, the revolving <laughs> doors of players that KG played with, and like the just lack of talent that he played with. Like, and I'm not saying I'm not like knocking Andrew Wiggins, but he's hardly he's only been in the league for like four or five years, and he's already our mm-hmm. second leading scorer. Yeah, and and that's where like I just and, and I see it as as to me, Kevin Garnett was a superstar. He's a Hall of Famer. He's you know, I, I, I have him, since in my era, I think I have him the second or third greatest power forward to ever play that I witnessed. And that's over a guy like Barkley, which some people may not agree with, but it is what it is. Um, you know, but it was one of those things where the mid-market didn't get there, but he was so good that when he just had a little bit, you know. And, and to be fair, yeah. too, when we had our super team, 
he went against, you could argue, the maybe the greatest duo ever in Shaq and Colby. I mean, that wasn't Without fair. Sam Cassell. Without Sam yeah. Cassell. And, and a lot of people think the Wolves actually would have beat the Lakers that year because the Lakers were terrible against pick and rolls. And, and they, yeah, they couldn't handle that, it at all. And that was like Minnesota's bread and butter was like the pick and roll with KG and Sam Cassell. And I don't know, man, just what, what could have been, but mm-hmm. yeah. Agreed. You're a hundred percent right. And, you know, and, and that's, that's why like I, I call him, you know, I say he's, he is a superstar, you know, it's, 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 it, look at, look at Malone. As great as Carl Malone was, he just, he had MJ and Scotty. What are you going to do? It's just, there's some there's some things that are just yeah. out of your hands and you can't do anything with. To me, Anthony Davis feels like Kevin Garnett in in the sense that this guy you could argue is the best player in the league, but there's just some intangible that's not there where he can't get the Pelicans farther. And he had, I mean, yes, they got to the second round, which was awesome last year. Obviously, Boogie got hurt, and that didn't help. Drew Holiday's a great player, but he's just never elevated those guys to it. I think that's the other key for Anthony Davis here is this is a guy where if he moves like he's going to now, we're going to truly get to put him on that pedestal. We got to put KG on when he went to Boston because he's going to have that one small piece that's going to help him get to that point. And I think that's where the whole implosion between the Pelicans and Anthony Davis went is he wants to be great, but he just can't make that team great at that. He can't do what LeBron did in Cleveland, you know? Yeah. And and I think that's what, like, is this a fair comparison? And and I'm not trying to say they're the same person, but it reminds me a lot of Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard to to me is a superstar. I think he is one of the best point guards in the league, but he just, He's not, he's not good enough to alpha a team to a finals run. And I think that's Anthony Davis. Is that fair or is that not fair? Um, I, to me, Lillard, I think you got to go back to, again, like Lillard's not really playing with much besides like McCall. I mean, I don't know. Just, their team is just not very well balanced to me. And mm-hmm. I think – they are way better than they would be without Lillard. Because I mean, that dude is like he pre, he carries that team and he carries them pretty far just on his offensive ability alone. And I mean, it it might not be fair, but I don't know. I I think Lillard is. I think you're pretty spot on. But I think that if Lillard had, Lillard had better players around him, he probably could carry a team because he carries that Portland team so much. It's just there's so little there's so little around him, I think. Like I think if you took if you took Lillard off of that team and put LeBron on there, I think they go to the, they could they could make a run. Yeah, I mean any team could like LeBron's like in a different stratosphere I, than most. If you took that Portland team and switch Lillard for Steph Curry, I think they could they could make a run. I'd say the same about James Harden too, where they could make a decent run. 
because I, I think, like, I think those, like, it's, I don't know, and it's, and it, it's, we it's have yet annoying for me to that. say that because I like Lillard a lot. You know what I mean? I really like Lillard. I, I don't know about Curry, man. Like, I think he, he's one of the best point guards in the game today, but he's also got a stack a stack team. I don't know if he's as good without those guys as he is now. Let me throw this stat at you. This season with Kevin or, or it was it was what was the stat I saw? With no Kevin Durant but having Steph Curry, the Warriors are thirteen and three in their package of them two together. In the games where it's been Durant with no Curry, they're like one and seven. So they uh, win uh, with Curry, and they don't win with Durant if Curry's out. I would like to see like more of a, like just like instead of seeing an eight game sample, I'd like to see mm-hmm. what what their record is like over the years since those two have been playing together. Instead well, they went seventy three and nine without Durant. Yeah, but you also got to look at two Curry. Curry's playing with two all defensive. Two All NBA defensive yeah. players on his team, and he's not—he's not—he's not a great defender. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if you're going to get much difference on Portland between Curry and Lillard. And, and I can agree with that. Like, I, and I'm not—I'm not like, and like I said, I'm not—I'm not dogging on Lillard. It's just that's kind of what I feel with Anthony Davis. Is I just—I don't know if he's the guy that can—that can mentally lift up a team that's in a smaller market with less talent and make a run like some of these other guys can. Like, look at the difference San Antonio made without Kawhi Leonard. Like, it's yeah. light years different. Um, if you took Giannis off the Bucks, they don't have that impressive of a roster. No, they're not nearly as good. And they have the best record in the NBA, I believe, right now. And I just – and I feel like Anthony Davis, when you look at, like, his intangibles, you look at him and you're like, well, he's, he's better than everyone at that or he's better than everyone at this. But then there's just that one little niche that just doesn't – it just doesn't seem to add up. And maybe it's just because he's so young. Like, that's something that could be discredited, too, that I don't want to discredit. And, you know, we'll see where it's going to go with it. But this is this is why I think he's leaving the Pelicans, and it, and it makes it so intriguing as to where he goes. Um, I want to look at some of these scenarios with you here, and I want to kind of pick your brain on them. And like I said, I want to give you a reason why I truly believe the Lakers have the best package. And not just because it's, oh, yeah, those young guys sound better, but I have a counter-argument to every team that is offering up a trade aside from the Lakers, that I think is good enough to counteract even what the Lakers can offer. And that's, the, that's what I'm intrigued to, to discuss with you and see if, how far off I am or if you think I'm spot on with some of these moves. But I think the big reason that this kicks off is not a situation where, obviously, Anthony Davis has Rich Paul as his agent. He met with LeBron. So a lot of that's tied together. Um, I don't think personally it's a situation where Anthony Davis is trying to get traded to L.A. to play with LeBron. 
I think it's a situation where he wants to go to L.A. to try to build his brand up because of where he is. And before you tell me if you agree or disagree, Elijah, let me, let me give you this, this info that I've kind of gathered through things. Is it fair to say that kind of Anthony Davis's counterpart right now, like not necessarily rival because they don't like each other, but with age and ability and kind of size and everything, his kind of counter right now with the NBA going forward would, would be Giannis. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think Giannis, Carl Anthony Towns, Christophe Porzingis, like players like like that. I mean, all 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 around players who are huge, but can like score from the perimeter, score inside, you know, kind of run a team a little bit. Like, I think I think he's very similar to a lot of those guys, especially Giannis. And, and I'm, I mean, in terms of like like thought of greatness too within the NBA. Like if you, okay. if you look at it right now, a lot of people kind of say there, if, if you, if you were Rob Palenka and this was for a course of the next 15 year type trade about the only two guys that I think you logically could trade LeBron James for without getting crucified by your fan base is AD and Giannis. Yeah. I, yeah. That, and since you put it that way, yes. So if you look at Anthony Davis in New Orleans, he didn't get voted as an all-star starter. He made it as a reserve. Um, he's with Nike, but they've never, they haven't even given him his own shoe yet. So the small market is kind of hurting his brand. You look at that counterpart in Giannis. Nike's given him his own shoe in a small market. And not only was he voted to the all-star game as a starter, but he's a captain with LeBron. So if you're AD now comparing with, with Giannis, how do you build your brand? you got to get out of that small market and get into a big market. Yeah. And I think that's a bigger catalyst for going to L.A. than even playing with LeBron. I think playing with LeBron's a bonus, but I think by signing to Rich Paul and having that kind of connection that he's getting with guys like Magic and Rob Palenka, and even to be fair with LeBron in that area, that's your moneymaker. That's a guy like Scott Boris we've seen a lot of times with the Yankees is the guy you're going to work with, kind of like Boris and Cashman. You know, it, yep. it kind of seems to be a this is your ticket to get over here. And I think that's kind of the catalyst with LeBron as a, oh, that's one hell of an added side piece if you know what I'm talking about type thing because, yeah, you know, to, to be fair, four or five years from now, what if LeBron hangs it up, you know? AD's a guy that's going to be there for the next decade. So I think that's part of the reason that the Lakers need to look into the situation is it's more of a long-term business with an added bonus of having, you know, you could still argue the best player alive in the Brian James on your team. So mm-hmm. I think that's the reason I think he wants to get out to a place like that. Is that, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Is that, is that got legs or am I way off? Oh, I, I, it's got legs. I mean, New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans basketball, I don't think anybody would know who the Pelicans are if Anthony Davis wasn't on their team. You know? <laughs> yep. And so, yeah, I, it definitely has legs. I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, make their brand bigger and better? It's the way you get more money and more recognition. The, um, 
Well, shout out to Saints fans. I'm sorry not to rip on you guys, but you guys, you guys didn't make the Super Bowl. Wah. And you're going to lose Anthony Davis. <laughs> My 2009 Viking pride is smiling right now. I'm just saying. And because you screwed me out of Chris Paul. <laughs> I forgot about that point. Um, so now we kind of see the Anthony Davis approach. Um, you know, if we're playing, if we're playing the GM roles here, obviously the, 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 this goes in. If you're Dale Demps and Rob Palenka calls you or Magic Johnson calls you, are you asking for the farm? Are you wanting Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, Zubak, and you have to take KCP because of the money? Like, do you want those four, especially after how good Zubak's doing? Is that what you ask for to get this done before the trade deadline so nobody else can really make a run, especially Boston at it? Well, of course you ask for, like, that's – with anything like you know that you're trying to sell, that you're trying to sell, you kind of put a feeler out there, tell them what you want, and then you know see what they say, and then just kind of go from there. So, so yeah, I'm I'm asking for the farm, and you know then we'll see what they counter with. But yeah, I'm definitely asking for for the farm at first. So it sounds like Magic is willing to make that deal happen. Um, so we kind of know our ground point. You know, it's it's a great, great way for them. They get two promising young forwards in Ingram and Kuzma. You get another big to play with Julius Randle and Avica Zubats, who's playing out of his mind in the last few games since they finally gave him minutes, which, by the way, I want to take a victory lap on that one. I've been clamoring about Zubats for a year and a half, two years. Um, damn it. I'm going to swear after that one. Um uh, and it's like I said, it sounds like scouts, the Pelicans have been scouting Lonzo Ball since LeBron got hurt, and apparently that's the biggest thing they want is Lonzo. Um, Lonzo's representatives came out and said that if Lonzo's going to be traded, he would like a third team to be involved so he can go somewhere that doesn't have a proven point guard, a la Drew Holiday, so he has a chance to prove himself as a starter. I don't see that happening. I think if if a team wants him as a centerpiece, that's where he's going to go. And let's be honest, is you know as, as good as Drew Holiday was with all these young kids, I don't think you're going to want to pay Drew Holiday $27 million a year or $26 million a year he's making anyway because you're probably in that let's get somebody that can fit with these guys. So I kind of think that makes that null and void. Do you think, oh, I think those I – think I think Drew Holiday would be a good fit with the, with the young players. Drew, Drew, Drew Holiday the two. Oh, he's a point guard. I mean, I like. You could probably interchange them to where they're kind of both like handling the ball, and Drew Drew plays some two. But I mean, he's last two seasons. He's last last year he averaged like nineteen. This year he's averaging twenty one, and he's like been over like six assists. You know, so. I think you could play either. I think you could play either or. I think, I think the Pelicans should try and just so they're not like rebuilding as long. I think they should try and like get some young guys and kind of keep Holiday in the mix and not really, you know, unless someone blows them away for Drew Holiday because there are rumors that teams are going to start looking at Drew Holiday now since they think that. 
New Orleans might be in a fire cell mode. Like I think Utah was one team that was mentioned, looking at Drew Holiday. So, you know, and, and I like that thought. I like that thought of putting those two back there because Lonzo's big enough where you could rotate him as the two if you really needed to. He's yeah. Six, and you know, not not trying to homer off him, but he's shown signs of being a really good defender. He can rebound, and yep. he, he's his shot like his awkward ass shot is going in now. Like he figured out how to get that shot to work in the NBA. You know, it was evident Christmas day against golden state. You look at that, that Houston game before he got injured, two of the bigger games that they were winning. He is, I mean, it went like water. He was draining those shots. And I like the idea of holiday ball back there running Randall Ingram, Kuzma and Zubats as your other four. And you still got Miritich if he comes back. I'm not going to lie, you move AD and get those four to play with Holiday, Randall, and Miritich, and Randall knows how to play with the the four young kids you got, I think they're better. Is that crazy? They might be. It's, just, it's hard to They're it's deeper. Hard to say yeah, they are deeper, definitely. It's hard to see, though, you know, if they're better until they don't have Anthony Davis. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's... He's a transformational player, so. And that's but one of those things did. too, yeah, where where you don't know how they're going to react, and maybe they step up, and they figure it out. So it's it's you know I like that. That's a great idea with the, with the two guards in the back there. You know, Etwan Moore comes off the bench. It's another nice piece for you too. You still got Solomon Hill, where he Durag. can play in a role where he he doesn't have to play a lot. What's that, Durag? Mister Durag. <laughs> Is he still wearing that? I don't know. I know he's got the the braids going. Is is Solomon Hill Demetrius's favorite basketball player? Might be because <laughs> it was a do rag. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so like, just talking that, I think we're looking at a good situation. Do you think? And we're gonna we're gonna ask you this question now. And then I'm going to honestly ask you this question before we get off the air and see if any of our talk changes your thought. But if you had to give me a percentage out of 100%, what is the number that Anthony Davis could be traded in the next eight days before the deadline? Nine days Um, or I'm saying probably like a 65% chance. I'm going to say it's going to be pretty high. 65%. 65%. Okay. So my goal now, see if I can sway you to get higher than that. Because I'm at about a 75%. Keep it a little wiggle room with the 25 but I'm at about a 75%. And I think that the Lakers, with how good and persistent and smart Magic Johnson and Rob Plink is, if anybody's going to get the deal done, they're going to. They're the ones that got the Knicks or the Nets to take back Timothy Mozgov, and they got back <laughs> – essentially Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart for him. So if he can pull that off, I'm confident about any of these guys. Let's look at the teams that are being rumored and kind of give thoughts on it. The Celtics are the obvious one, so I want to do that last. Let's talk the New York Knicks because you brought that up in the chat. If, if the Knicks are willing to give you a package of Chris Stapps Porzingis, Kevin Knox, and their first-round pick, which could be Zion Williamson, depending where the ping-pong balls go, 
I got to admit that's probably the best pick, isn't it? The best trade. Yeah, but you got you got it hinges on if Porzingis is healthy. Like mm-hmm. his his knee injury kind of scared me. You know what I mean? And yeah, he's probably like if you're saying just player for player and like all the deals that everyone's looking at, he's probably the best player like that the uh, Pelicans are would be looking at getting to replace Anthony Davis. Like the best individual player, in my opinion. Like out of the deals the that I can think of. Or out of deals. Yeah. Like 100%. Because like we've talked about this before, and this is, you know, we're not, this isn't anything we're going to get totally into, but, you know, I, I've said to you sometimes I almost wonder if, we should have took Porzingis instead of Towns. And I think that's not the the fairest thing to talk about for the fact that they arguably are the same, but they're different. And, you know, Towns has never had a full supporting cast to be able to do a lot to really help. And Porzingis has had some injury concerns. So it's one of those things where we don't really know where it could be, but when you're willing to talk about Porzingis that high, that's where your assessment is 100% spot on that – that's the best pick you could get because any yeah. guy who's got that high of upside, you're basically telling me that this guy could end up being a top five player in a couple of years. And, you know, to be fair, Porzingis showed that. I mean, we saw glimpses of Porzingis where there's days, you know, remember, remember that initial run where Stephen A. Smith was like, I take back everything I said about Chris Porzingis, you know, where, yeah. Porzingis went from the think, biggest joke in New York to one of the best players in the league, and then he got hurt. Yeah, I still think Towns is a, a lot more consistent scorer and a lot more consistent rebounder. I, I, mm-hmm. I, would, edge. I would give Towns the edge, and I still think Towns has a little more upside than Porzingis, but I don't think Porzingis is super far behind him, but I still would I still would take Towns over Porzingis and I'm still glad no. that we picked Towns over Porzingis. And and that's one of those things too where like I think when we talk about it, we're we we are immediately have that sentimental edge with Towns too, I think that makes us where I always come back to ah, as much as it would be nice, I still would rather have Towns. And you know, because we've seen Towns. He's been in our He's been on our team, and we, you know, we have that connection with him. But the the only thing that that always scares me about Porzingis is what if he has a twenty year career and he's like the, like Dirk, you know? Then it's like, well, piss. But you know, you never know, and, and it's a good problem to have where you have two guys that are that talented. You can debate over which one you should have took because there's no wrong answer in the long run. You know what I'm saying? Like not you know yeah. once again not not to put one over the other but um, so I think by going into that like you mentioned that's that's the kicker where the Pelicans are is do you get healthy Porzingis do you get the same Porzingis that was on the tear that he was on can he sustain that can Kevin Knox turn into a superstar the other option or the other thing is are you that confident that even though they have Anthony Davis, they still won't hinder their pick to the point that you have a chance to get the number one pick. Yeah. So to me, that makes me think if the Knicks are going to trade for Anthony Davis, they're not going to do it till after the draft lottery in May. 
So I think in the next nine days, that takes New York out of the risk because I think they want to see if it's the number one pick before they do it. Yeah. Is it, yeah, you think that's the way that. it goes with the Knicks? Okay. And I, cause Cause I, think, if, I think the Lakers want to try and get shit done as soon as possible just because they're probably looking at a playoff. They're looking at a playoff run and they probably want to get Davis acclimated and they probably want to get this thing rolling as quickly as they can because, you know, with Davis on their team, they go from, they go to, they probably are one of the like top, like three, four favorites in the league. Yeah. Well, by getting it done quick too, you're taking away the opportunity of other teams getting the deal done too. Yeah. So we're both in agreement that if the Knicks have a chance, their best chance is to have Porzingis come back healthy. They can showcase him as somebody who's healthy and their lottery ball falls to the one pick. That's, that's their, that's their guiding hope. Now, let me ask you this. If you're a Knicks fan, don't you kind of not want that trade to happen? I mean, yes, you're getting Anthony Davis, but are you really willing to lose Anthony Davis for Zion Williamson, Kevin Knox, and Chris Stapps Porzingis, and not only lose all three of those for him when you're not when you don't even know if he's going to resign with you? I don't know, man. The Knicks. If I'm a Knicks fan, I'm I might just be like. Just do it. Give me something to be excited about. We, but we, then what we, happens? We used to be the mecca. We used to be the mecca of basketball, and now yeah. we're the trash of basketball. Isn't it crazy to think that this, that that the Knicks still haven't won a title in like fifty years, and they were like the the deal, like you mentioned. Like that's way side topic, but like you think about it, and you're like, oh my god, it's the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. It's like, and they made one finals in our generation or whatever. Like, isn't that crazy to think? Yeah. Now they barely so, can make the. Now they. When's the last time they made the playoffs? Oh my gosh, it's got to be six, seven years. Yeah, it's. At least. I'll Google it real quick. But if, but if you're a Knicks fan, um, do you want to do that trade? And then what happens if AD doesn't resign with you and you just gave rid of you gave up Williamson, Knox, and Porzingis for a one-year viewing party of Anthony Davis? I would be really pissed off, but that's I guess I would be like that's our luck. But you know, I think I I would think that the Knicks, if the Knicks were able to get him, I think I would be pretty confident that they would be able to. Resign him, it could, with the promises of, you know, you're the one that could bring, you know, New York Knicks basketball back to the forefront, and, you know, you're in New York now. You're in one of the biggest markets in the league. We're gonna get you, like, more stardom and more fanfare, and all the endorsements and stuff. So I think, I think if they were able to get him, they probably could convince him to resign. And that's and, and I think that's Especially a good point. I think another, they have that point market. is that mm-hmm. you don't have to be, they don't have to be as as good in the East as they do in the West. So, I mean, Very if you true. like Anthony Davis going to the Knicks, you know, could make them a playoff team, and maybe more if they, you know, if he improves them more. But I just I, I think 
if the Knicks could get him there, they could probably convince him to stay. So Knicks was six years ago, like I thought. They they beat the Celtics and then lost to the Pacers. So that's what I thought. It was six years ago since they made it. So they, they are in a drought. It just, so, so let me ask you this. If you trade Porzingis and, and Knox, can Anthony Davis win with that same team, But he can't, even though he can't win with the Pelicans? Like, do you think the Knicks are a better team than the Pelicans? Probably not. But I don't know. It's a t- it's, I, like that's what not. makes it tough, doesn't it? Like that's what's hard about yeah. it. It's like, yes, Anthony Davis in the big market. Can he draw Kyrie to come there, or Jimmy Butler, or something like that? Even though I think Jimmy Butler's taking a deal from the Sixers, but like that's the hard part. Is it's like it's it's so good as a Knicks fan, but then you're like, well, we just got rid of two starters and a top five draft pick for a guy that wasn't winning with, you know, Drew Holiday and Julius Randle and Nikola Miritich, even though Miritich has been hurt, but I mean, still. So I think that's the hard part. If you're a Knicks fan, I think that's what, I think that's what ultimately almost rules the Knicks out of this. If they can't make a free agent splash, why do you move three pieces that you need to even get started for one? Yeah, and and let me let me leave you with this one on this Knicks before we move on. Do you really trust James Dolan to do it right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, it's hard. It's hard. But that's once again, like this is why when we get these things to the NBA, it makes it so good. One team I want to slide in here before we get to the Celtics. The, <coughs> excuse me, that I got tipped off on while I was at work today. Apparently the Milwaukee Bucks are now in contention to get Anthony Davis. Did you hear about this at all? No, I didn't hear I about, looked, hear about it at all. I looked at, I did a trade machine thing and looked at kind of some of the, some of the stuff, and it sounds like they're willing to give up anything not named Giannis. If you're Dale Demps, would you take a package of Chris Middleton, Dante Divincenzo, Thon Maker? Malcolm Brogdon and two first round picks for Anthony Davis. That would be a tempting package. Now mind you the picks aren't gonna be as good because they're I think they're the best record in the NBA right now. Yeah. But that I think that puts them above the Knicks in the running for this for for this deal. Now, that's if that's the package. That's if they're even talking. And that's if they want to send them over there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you're Dale Demps. Do you like the Bucks deal or the Knicks deal better? I think... I still think I like the the Knicks deal better just because of the potential of Porzingis. Yeah. I think that, like, once again, that Porzingis upside is so high. And if that pick is Zion Williamson, you know, or even if that pick's R.J. Barrett, you're not getting anything bad. To be fair, with Julius Randle already there and Miritich and Porzingis, um, R.J. Barrett might even be a better fit. Yeah. You know, he could play in that backcourt with Drew Holiday. So I think I'm with you. Like, the Bucks thing is tempting, but I think 
the value of what that pick could be is a little more valuable. So I think I'm with you. I'm going Knicks over Bucks. I think that's fair. Now let's get down to the bread and butter of this. Part of the reason a lot of people think that the Pelicans and Dale Demps are not going to move AD before the 7th is because of the intrigue of what they could get from the Boston Celtics. Um, I'll throw out a deal at you here, and this isn't what I think will happen, but let me just throw this deal at you. Um, I will give you the Grizzlies pick, the Clippers pick, the Sacramento pick, our pick. I'll give you Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier and maybe even Jalen Brown. That's the, that's the deal, right? That's what you probably take, right? Yeah. Cut. This is why I don't think that happens. And uh, give me your thoughts after I, after I read this off. Ben Simmons reportedly says that there's no way in hell they're trading Jason Tatum, that Danny Ainge covets Jason Tatum as the next Kobe Bryant. Whether that's true or false after how he's playing this year, if that's what Danny Ainge says, I think you rule Jason Tatum out of the deal. So now, after yeah. all those guys I, I, I mentioned to you, now it's just now it's Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart. So now we've downgraded a little bit. Because the Pelicans probably don't want Gordon Hayward because of the contract. And they, and yeah. Al, I mean, Al, and Al Horford's got a player option, so they can't use him in a trade either. Okay, so now we've lost. We've essentially flipped Tatum for Smart, so I think you've already lost. Yep. But we have those four picks, right? Those are still the money picks. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Boston's pick is probably, if you get Anthony Davis, Boston's pick's going to be, what, late 20s? Yep. That's not worth much to you. The Memphis Grizzlies no. pick is top eight protected. They've lost, they went three and 17 in the last 20. They're picking bottom five, you think, right? Mm-hmm. So now you don't even get that pick. So now you've lost one of your four picks you're giving them. The Los Angeles Clippers pick is lottery protected. They're not going to make the playoffs. So now two oh, of your really? four picks, you can't even trade them because they're not going to go to you. So now you're down to the Boston pick, and you're down to the Sacramento pick. The Sacramento pick is top one protected, meaning if Sacramento doesn't make the playoffs and the ping pongs fall their way, you don't get the pick. Even if it doesn't fall their way and they get number two, you still don't get Zion Williamson. You get R.J. Barrett, that's fine, or whoever goes second, John Morant or whatever, but you're not getting Zion. And right now the the Kings are a a borderline playoff team, as much as it pains me to say that. <laughs> Demtrae. So if yeah, if, 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 think if they would have if they would have took Doncic instead of Bagley, this team might be top five in the West because yeah. Doncic is playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, youngest player in the history to ever have a thirty-five point triple double. I mean, he's killing it. So. Now, let me, let me give you the Celtics pick after realization of what could happen. I will give you two picks that are outside of the lottery and one's in the bottom 20. Jalen Brown, who's having a bad year, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart for Anthony Davis. Is that that appealing anymore? No. Without Jason Tatum, it's, it's not very appealing. And without those four first-round picks, only becoming two that are outside the lottery? Yeah. Like, okay, so I'm basically giving you 
Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and then two picks that'll turn into Romeo Langford potentially where he falls in like Sekou Dumbaye. I don't think that's yeah. that impressive. No, thanks. So now, and, and the whole reason of not moving AD before the seventh is so you can get the offer from the Celtics. But come this summer, that offer from the Celtics might tamper off really hard. Yeah. So now, now I'm looking at, we go back to the Lakers. Magic Johnson says, if you do this deal before the seventh, we'll give you Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Avika Zubak, and you take KCP to make the contract work. On top of that, before I ask you this question now, if, if you're, say, what's the easiest way to put it? Say Anthony Davis is your wife, Elijah. Obviously, it's not your yeah. wife, but just hypothetically speaking, your wife is Anthony Davis. And you've, been get, you've been together for about seven years or so. And he comes to tell you, hey, I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. Um, we're going to break up. Do you want to wait 18 months to move him, or do you want to get, a, get, get him out of your house? Because he's in Dale Dempson, Dale Bennett's house in New Orleans. Or do you want to get him out as quick as possible to just be done with the relationship? Oh, you get it done as soon as possible. You get him out of there. So now yeah. with, me, with that analogy, with the way we've discussed the Celtics, Bucks, and Knicks, and what the Lakers probably are going to offer – does that raise your 65% any higher? Yeah, probably to 70, 75. That's it. There you go. And that's, that's where I spent most of my hour and a half driving to Rochester today, going over all these analogies and reasons and things like that and what could happen and what couldn't happen. And there's, there's talks on Brian Turner from the LA Times was talking to somebody out east who said that there is talks that Anthony Davis, even if he goes to Boston, doesn't want to sign an extension with Boston. Um, and now, you know, everybody knows he's boys with Kyrie Irving. They're, they're on the, quote, text every day concept. LeBron and Kyrie made up. Kyrie has an opt-up. Who's to say Kyrie doesn't go, look, just let's just go play together in L.A.? Yeah. So that's my piece. That's where I'm at. I'm like, I think there is so much that that points to the Lakers getting him, and I think they get it done before the deadline. I really do. It just it it just seems to all the dominoes just seem to fall in that way. Yeah, I they I think, and it's just probably smart for the Lakers to do that too like I said before because they probably want to get they probably want to make a big run and to do that you know you're probably going to want Davis in there ASAP so he can kind of get assimilated to playing with the other guys and kind of learning the system and playing with LeBron so yeah and, I mean, and to be fair with what, what I brought you know the guys that I threw at you for the Kareem trade as Minnesotans ourselves, we know it came back in the Kevin Garnett trade. Who's oh to say five, ten years from now that the four that they send for AD, it's just not the same thing. Yeah, it sucks getting rid of them now, but what happens in the long haul? Yeah. 
That's why yeah. I don't think you can get too attached. No. One thing I wanted to go uh, back to just quick before, because I don't know how yeah. much longer how much longer we're here, but um, I was thinking there was I was trying to search for one, thinking of one player that we were kind of talking about the whole trade situation and stuff, and I was thinking about someone and Grant Hill was Grant Hill was did a sign and trade in the prime of his career to go to the Magic. Mm-hmm. I does, mean, he obviously, that, um, obviously he did. Do you count that as a full trade? That's why I was going to ask you. I mean, it, he he did do it. He he did do a sign and trade, you know, and he was like in the prime of his career. And that was like that. I remember that off season being crazy because. The Magic were able to get Grant Hill in a sign-and-trade, and and they were also able to get Tracy McGrady. And remember, too, not a lot of people remember this, but they had a qualifying offer for Tim Duncan that the Spurs, I think, matched. Jeez. I forgot about that. Yeah, like, isn't that – can you imagine if they would have – dude, they would have been the first super team. (laughs) Yeah. Too bad uh, Grant Hill had the – like get all injured up after he signed with them. And that was yeah, Ben Wallace and Chucky Atkins I think were in that deal to go to Detroit. And Ben Wallace ended up putting together, you know, a, you could argue that he was part of the reason that they won a championship and swept that bomb Lakers team. Were Oh, definitely. Like you who would have thought that the Pistons might have made out better than the Magic? Yeah. No one else at, at first. No one thought that. I mean, you're you're That's you're giving up crazy. Grant Hill, who was like Grant Hill at that time was like one of the top like five players in the league, and he was like pretty much going into his prime. Yeah, insane. Um, here was something I just saw looking that up too. Um. I don't know when this was. Three years into his career, Kobe Bryant was sidelined with a broken hand, suffered in his first exhibition game of the 99-2000 season, which was, I think, the year before they went on their run, or the year they did. Um, Then he fell and broke his wrist in our first exhibition games. For several weeks, Kobe had to be sidelined to watch guys like Shaq, Glenn Rice, Ron Harper, Rick Fox, Derek Fisher, E.C. Green, Brian Shaw, and Robert Ory piled a 10-1 record. Shaq had really bought into the triangle and was well-established in the heart of our offense. When Kobe was healed and ready to return, I was a bit reluctant, reluctant to make a major altercation or winning combination. So, and I, I should see who said this, by the way. Um, I don't, oh, it might've been Phil Jackson. They interviewed for this. I don't know. Regardless, whatever. Um, um, so I suggested Kobe come off the bench. I don't see myself not starting was his response. I don't want to be known as a bench player. He was a 20-year-old already concerned about his legacy. So we had a little pushback, an indication of what might lie ahead. A couple weeks later, we were still winning, and Shaq is completely motivated. But Kobe was averaging only about 19 points per game. So Kobe called Jerry West and wanted to know how Jerry and Elgin Baylor both averaged 30 points. Kobe also said that he wanted to be traded. 
Of course, Jerry told me about the conversation, and for a few minutes, I thought about taking the Pistons up on an offer they had made to trade Kobe Bryant for Grant Hill. Oh. <laughs> so not wow. only did Kobe almost go to the Pistons for Rip Hamilton, um, Tayshawn Prince, and whoever would have been the third player. I never knew that. I've never known that. It's the first I've ever heard of that. I'm glad I randomly stumbled upon that looking for that Grant Hill trade. But there was a moment where they were going to call the Pistons and say, we'll take you on the offer, which means the Pistons must have knew Grant Hill were gonna, was going to leave. Yeah. So there was, dude, could you imagine if they would have traded Grant Hill for Kobe Bryant? Oh. How does that change the landscape? Shaq has Grant Hill, which means Robert Ori, or no, Rick Fox doesn't get a lot of playing time. Maybe Ori not, too, who is getting those game winners. The Pistons now get Kobe, but they don't get Ben Wallace. Do they start winning quicker so they don't get Rip Hamilton and all those guys in the draft? Like, dude, that's, my mind has just been blown right now. That is, that is uh, that's nuts. And, and, you know, people like Phil Jackson and Jerry West, they have no reason to lie about something like that, which makes it even more crazy to think that that was reported. Yeah. What? God, the NBA is so gangster sometimes. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be cool <laughs> to get a, if we could get a, a, a former NBA GM on and ask him, like, five blockbuster trades that he knew about that almost happened that never were reported? And just to hear some of that, the stuff that had been talked about. That would be really cool. <laughs> well, we may have a blockbuster trade and it may happen by next Thursday. We, you know, Paul Gasol went right to the Lakers right uh, February 1st, right before the deadline, so it's happened before. Next week's going to be interesting. I, uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, <laughs> Elijah, it is midnight. I'm gonna. I, I got. I got. I got to get some gaming in before call it an evening and head out in this crazy wind chill and die on my way to work here. Um, what which time you work tomorrow? Paid for. I don't work till. Uh, I work at eleven or twelve, whichever. I, I can oh. either do eleven to seven or twelve to eight. So at least there'll be okay. sun. I just hope my car starts. <laughs> hey, if it doesn't start, then you don't have to go in. That's true. And I'll just tell him, so sorry, so sorry. I'll just stay <laughs> home. <laughs> but thanks for coming on, man. I'm glad you're able to bounce ideas off me, talk this up. Um, being able to hear you improve by 10% on AD to the Lakers makes me all the more confident as a Lakers fan to hear it out of your great mind and your great mouth because <laughs> – I know you don't always necessarily want the Lakers to succeed. So to me, oh, I've, that means that means we're winning. I've given up. I, my the my dislike for the Lakers is like over the years has kind of just went down. I'm not bitter. I was really, I, I was I was really well. I was really bitter about the playoff series that the Timberwolves would get involved in with the Lakers. And yeah, they they had better teams, but man, they had a lot of like. And I'm not saying that referees were like the whole reason that we lost 
you know, those series, but man, some of those some of those series, man, especially um the one before we one of the series we played them when it wasn't in the Western Conference Finals and you know, Wally Zerbiak just looks at Kobe Bryant and they're like blowing like whistles for fouls and stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> like, just frustrating. But it's 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 good to be MJ and LeBron and Kobe. You get things like yeah. that, or well, you could say James Harden now. Uh, sadly, oh god, that, that dude does a step back and they call a foul every time. Like nothing even happened to you. <laughs> what, yeah. what happened? Why are you blowing a whistle? <laughs> He travels on a step back, and they still call a foul. What is that? Not bullshit. When when Steph Curry did the Harden, they called him for traveling. The one yeah. time he did it, it's like, dude, that that's a two time MVP who's got three rings in four years. Don't you tell me that you're going to give the dude with the beard who who he, he dude. This dude went four straight games without having one assisted point last week. Yeah, it's crazy. He scored like. He scored like 218 points in four games, and not one of them was assisted on. I know. And you don't but play I mean, defense. You gonna call that out? That's kind of Mike. Come on. That's kind of Mike Mike D'Antoni's offense, though. I mean, to a point, uh, Steve Nash was wasn't as good offensively as you know Harden Harden is, but you know the primary ball handler. In D'Antoni's offense has the ball pretty much all the time, and it's their decision on most of the time if they're going to shoot it or pass it, you know what I mean, because the whole pick-and-roll thing. So, like, I think it's kind of by D'Antoni's design, you know, that James Harden shoots so much. I think it's just the way the offense is catered to him. But it's crazy, though. I I almost think, too, that it's to the point now where – D'Antoni doesn't even have a ton of say, and Harden's just kind of like, I'm going to do whatever I want, and I'm going to do this all on my own. And he feels like this is you. It's this is worse than like Allen Iverson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, this dude is like. I mean, there was some stat like in those four games that he had all those points with no assists to his to his to his points that he had like fourteen hundred some dribbles in those four games. Jeez, and who who's all injured right now? Chris Paul's out. Clint Capella's out. Is Eric Gordon playing right Gordon now? Gordon played tonight. Yeah, he he was playing. Okay, wasn't he out for a while too? He might have been. I I I wasn't watching a lot of Rockets games, so I probably don't have the most fair assessment on it. But I'm just like, so, yeah, man. Like, yeah, it, it is. Does, does that not it just is, make dysfunction with your team in the long run? Probably. But I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not in the the Rockets locker room, but I think like there if, probably could be some guys that would be like, Man, just pass the ball. Like and the crazy thing is though is that Harden gets a ton of assists too. It's just he shoots so damn much. Damn, you see uh, this stat just dropped. The last five games with the injured Anthony Davis, Julio Okafor has started all five games. 21.2 points, 75% from the field, 11 rebounds, and three blocks on 33 minutes. That might maybe may, might make 
uh, New Orleans feel a lot, a lot, a little easier about giving up uh, Davis if they got Okafor and he continues to play the way he is. Cause I they noticed, said like, he's cu- he's he cut really twenty good. pounds too. Yeah. So he slimmed I mean, down. I would like to see I would like to see him play better because. You never, you know, you hate to see like a guy who was picked as high as he was bounce around as much as he has, and mm-hmm. just kind of have a bad career. So it's kind of cool to see <laughs> him doing what he's doing. Like you don't, like you don't hear Julio Okafor at least from my knowledge. Like you don't hear. <coughs> Damn, I'm choking on something. <coughs> piss out of my ass. I piss. You don't know. You don't hear about him like doing stupid shit too, so it's like yeah, I can cheer, I can like right away, didn't he? Like early, but not since yeah, then. Yeah, no, not since then. But when he was in Philly, he had a few like moments where you're like, what the what the hell are you doing, dude? Like getting into fights like outside of clubs and stuff like multiple times. So like, <laughs> man, I'm. I think he kind of had a bad attitude. I th- I think he kind of had a bad attitude in Philly, too, because that was when they were kind of bad still. And I, I'm sure he was not getting rubbed the right way with the way that they they were coaching and running the, the team, too. Because he, yeah. he wasn't even playing because they were tanking. Damn, Lori Markkinen had 18 points, 19 rebounds tonight. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Oh, I am choking, by the way. And the Pelicans beat the Rockets tonight. All right, I'm dying. I'm going to get off here. All right. I'm going to work off. Uh, I'm going to go to my Xbox. <laughs> huh? If you're, if, huh? <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not going to bed, hop on there. We can continue chatting. Okay. Once you're off tomorrow. But thank you all for, for joining us. This was a, this was a doubleheader tonight. Not give you three hours of content. WrestleCast Sportscast. Lives is the man. Thank you for jumping on late night, knocking us out. It was great to talk, and once again, I can't wait for the next week, week and a half. We'll see what happens. We will, um, we're going to get sportscast back on a regular, guys, so we will be talking to you. And Elijah might have something coming up under his sleeve with Alex, so keep tuned. Yeah. We'll catch you all. Peace out.